Yeah, see, I view my career as a series of failures that just, <laughs> I really do. Like, yeah. not, a, not even, like, really in a bad way. I yeah. just kind of view that as, like, well, that's, again, how you get good at something. How do you get good at business? Yeah. I mean, you suck at it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you learn. Yeah. And then you get better, hopefully. Welcome to the Make Something Where You Are podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Houghton. And today I'm interviewing Emma Chapman of A Beautiful Mess, a company that gets 1 million unique visitors on their website every month. I host The Mystery Hour, a TV show that also has a website. There you go. I once had a blog myself. It was when I dropped everything in my life and moved to LA to go try to make it. So in order to make this encouragement-free experience of what auditioning in Hollywood is, I decided to create a blog where I post it every day so people could follow along. And uh, it helped me kind of like define the narrative of what I was doing. It was actually really great. And uh, Emma and Elsie were kind of inspiring for me on it. Not that I got anything close to what they do. But anyway, now it's time to hear from a woman that never runs out of creativity, Emma Chapman. But first, sponsors. Make Something Where You Are is brought to you by the 1906 Gents, Springfield's own custom design wood shop, offering custom furniture and build outs for your home or office and more. The 1906 Gents will work with you to create one-of-a-kind, unique quality wood pieces that will stand for generations. The 1906 Gents offers a wide range of woodworking and design services in addition to their own line of furniture and home decor. The 1906 Gents, we build the things you make memories around. It's also brought to you by Old Missouri Bank. It's always there to help you make something right here in Springfield. It's your locally owned community bank for futures made brighter, banking made better. Visit oldmissourybank.com for more information about how we can help you go for it from right here. All right, Emma Chapman, let's do it. So she runs a beautiful mess with her sister, Elsie Larson. It's a website that was initially about scrapbooking, but has grown into a lifestyle brand, books, apps, and about 1 million unique visitors a month. The company is run in an upstairs office in downtown Springfield and Nashville as well, where Elsie lives. I remember first meeting Elsie and Emma and not having any understanding, like, framework for what they did. Now it's this whole industry. They were just like pioneers. So I had Elsie and Emma on the Mystery Hour twice, I think. Yeah. And in fact, Elsie's husband, Jeremy, proposed on a show several years ago. So Emma and I sat down in the conference room of my office and chatted about her work. Here's Emma Chapman with a beautiful mess. And I think it's easy to look at someone who's starting something and think it's stupid or you look dumb or whatever. Yeah. That's easy. I just don't, I don't know, I don't find that to be an interesting point of view because it's basically all of our gut reaction. Uh-huh. I think it's interesting to watch someone push forward from there and make something yeah. out of selfies or out of a local late night show or right. out of crafts on the internet. I just think like that's that's fascinating to watch yeah. someone keep going and make it something because right. everything everything is bullshit till it's not. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. So also, I think like um, a lot of it. Well, two things for what you said. I think one part of it's like the like we we learn to accept it and appreciate it, and part of that I think is just kind of like that younger people become older and they're like we've accepted it and now we're more in charge. Does that make yeah. sense? Because I recognize myself with that with like 
influencers, you guys excluded, but like YouTube, <laughs> like YouTube star and stuff like that, yes. where my first inclination is like, ugh. But then I'm like, that's me being an old guy. Like, yes. that's my age. Yeah, have you seen uh, TikTok? You see yeah. The kids are into that? Yeah. This is how I know I'm old, because I'm right. like, I don't get it. Yes. I don't understand this platform at all. But I can see it's obvious that I'm like, oh, this is a thing. Right. So I'm like, oh, I need to learn about this. And because I could decide this is stupid uh-huh. and it's for children or it's just silly. Right. Or I could realize, well, that's what I was too 10 years ago. Yeah. So why don't I instead, you know, try to have an attitude of hmm, people seem into this. I wonder if it's fun or right. if there's something enjoyable about it. There probably is, you know. Yeah. Because it's like every person as it's like every older person that seems out of touch. All that means is they were into stuff and then at a certain point they're like, that's silly, I'm not engaging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone that has like a, it's a like guy you get that, full up on fun. You're like, no more fun. Um, no yeah. more interesting. Can Nothing no longer new. adapt. Yeah. <laughs> or like a guy Shutting who, it down. A guy now who has like a mullet that he's had since 1988. It's like, in 1988, he was with it and then he just stopped adapting. He's got lucky though, because it's coming back around coming now back. for us. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think that is that's probably that is probably true of all art or anything new. And there's an aspect of it of like kind of like you were talking about. We like to criticize people who are putting themselves out there. Like yeah. I experience that for sure. I I do it and I receive it. And mm-hmm. it's sucky both ways. Yes. <laughs> or it's like, you know what? I don't, it's not for me, but good for you for going for it. Yeah, because I think putting yourself out there is terrifying. So maybe sometimes people are a little bit jealous when they see someone do it. And they're like, oh, I recognize that I should do that. Or I would like to do that. Maybe should is not quite the right thing. But I would like to do that, but I'm too scared or I'm too afraid. Or I know it will suck at first because that's another thing. You can't be good at something the first time you do it. Right. So in order to get good at something, it means you sucked at it at first. Totally. And if you, now with the internet especially, you kind of have to suck publicly, like very publicly. Right. And it's terrible. It's terrible. You know, I feel really bad for everyone who has to create right now. But I also feel really good because you could have been this amazing painter in the middle of the forest in the Midwest and no one would have ever heard of you. And now you can be on the internet and people can. Yeah. But also when you're learning to paint or sing or dance or whatever, be funny, do yeah. stand up. Like everyone sees your first stuff and it sucks. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. So it's because that's how you get good is you suck for a while. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think, I don't know where I was going with that really, but just like it's hard to put yourself out there and maybe we should be a little kinder, I think. Yeah. Or I just, I just try to do that with my own attitude, even internally. Cause I'm like, it's so much easier to make fun of someone when you can see that they're starting something new and they suck or maybe they're never going to be good at it yeah but it's like it still took human courage to do it they're so trying cool. it and i'm not yeah so like, why am i so like there are things to be mad about in the world that's not one of them yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think the other element to it is is just like doing it for a long time too like yeah there's such an urgency to like be successful right away or something like and like, I mean, you guys could have quit. You guys could have had a great five-year run, but you wouldn't have gotten as far as you gotten because you. I don't know. We're the grandmas of blogging. We just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> but yeah, it, there's there's an element to like, you know, like I don't know. I have friends in LA who have been doing it for like ten years and like um, haven't had great success or anything, but like something's gonna turn for them because they're just still doing it. Like, but I think too, maybe you've. I don't know, maybe that's just what I think or maybe, because I also went to LA and tried acting and mm -hmm. I would say failed because I quit, so yeah. I don't even try anymore. But, yeah. So that's kind of like a pretty conclusive failure. Right, right, <laughs> at least so, not continuing. Yeah, not continuing. Yeah. Uh, but I do think like if you keep going at something, like so for me that would be blogging, mm -hmm. I think you kind of get this new perspective on it over time yeah. where you kind of realize it's not this it's not just the end of the story. It's not just the 23-year-old who won an Oscar in acting. Uh -huh. That's not the whole story. It's like that girl or that guy started when they were 12, and they had dumb roles for a yeah. long time, <clears throat> and they just did their best with them. And they <clears throat> kept going, and they showed up to sets that looked not legit. And yeah. they, you know, like, there's just this whole thing that you don't see, and that's what yes. anything is. And now yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, so anytime people think, like, oh, you're a legit influencer or whatever. Uh -huh. I can't even say the word without kind of right, being right. like, oh. But uh, I think, yeah, well, you should have seen all the years where it didn't feel very legit. And in a way, to me, it still doesn't. Right. But I just kept going. And I think that's what most people are doing when they get somewhere, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I did uh, a graduation speech a few years ago. And my um, line for it was, keep not quitting, which is like, cause I think about it a lot. For me, like, I... Um, especially early on for me, I should have quit a number of times and like every opportunity, but just kind of kept not doing that. And like, it's not a way of saying like, don't give up, but like, but to me, acknowledge is like, oh yeah, you, if you were to ever truthfully look around at what you're doing early on without the like rose colored glasses of like, I'm doing a great job. Or <laughs> like you say, you have to be bad at first, you know? And so like starting out, I had to think I was good and kept going, even though like probably people that were close to me were like, this is, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> probably still now, I mean, still really. Um, but okay, so, so uh, your sister Elsie started it. Mm -hmm. And then, so what was her beginnings with starting, starting Beautiful Mess? So she, uh Let's see if I can tell this in a not super long way because every story is so much longer than You're right. you know because it's a whole life right yeah but she uh, started in scrapbooking she really loved scrapbooking and she got a job in that really young yeah where she designed scrapbook products and she started a blog essentially to share her scrapbooking pages and work with other scrapbookers and mm -hmm. her family because it's photos of your family and things yeah and that's what a beautiful mess was at the very beginning it was Elsie sharing her scrapbooking with whoever wanted to look yeah. at it. And the perfect name, by the way. Was it always called A Beautiful Mess? Yeah. People think we got it from a song. I can't remember the artist now. It's something kind of funny. Yeah. But I don't remember. It's just, it's just like, I've always, I'm like, oh, God. We really got lucky because right it could have been like anything, you know? So. Yeah. It could have been Elsie's scrapbooks. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't really we'll pivot from that. I'm here all. too now. That's <laughs> what I'd be like. Yeah. <laughs> and Devo, let's put on the logo. Uh, but yeah, so it's scrapbooking, and she also, so once that career sort of naturally came to a close because the company was changing that she was employed at, she started selling her artwork 
online because she had gained enough of a following. Mm-hmm. And so then she also opened a local store where she started selling artwork and crafty type handmade things. This was before yeah. Etsy. Yeah. So it's basically Etsy stuff, but yeah. there's no Etsy yet. <laughs> yeah. So um, she would use her blog to promote that work and make a living for herself and promote her shop. And uh, she made enough to pay bills, but it wasn't doing as well as she would like. So eventually I started working with her because I failed at acting. So I moved home. Yeah. And she was like, you're good at certain things that I'm not good at, basically. Yeah. So you should help me with my thing that's kind of working, but kind of not. How and I was like, I don't have anything that's working, so sure. So. <laughs> yeah. I so. Kind of working sounds great. Yeah, like kind of working is pretty good. You got 50%. <laughs> I got zero, so I'm in. So uh, how, many, how long into this from when she started Beautiful Mess do you come in? I think she had the blog at least two or three years before I started working with her for her. I started working for her yeah. at the gate. I didn't work with her. And I also had my own blog called Food Coma, yeah. which was just a cooking blog. Yeah. I've always done cooking stuff. So uh, we both had blogs. We worked in the shop. And it basically, she couldn't afford to pay me. So yeah. I was like, all right, that's, I think you have something. How about this? Yeah. I own 50%, you own 50%, and we'll build something. Yeah. And she, she should have said, I'll give you 30. <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> And here we are. Here we are. Her foolishness. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And we combined our blogs, and we just kept her name because we wanted to do all the subjects instead of just food. And my, yeah. The name of my blog was obviously geared towards food. Yeah. So we kept the name of Beautiful Mess and just created one blog and started building our business. And was this store Red Velvet? Yes. Yeah. Were there two locations? Was yes, she used to be on a corner, on a corner yeah, and then okay. she moved across the street. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but that's been part of it is like you guys kind of changing. Yeah, see, I view my career as a series of failures that just, <laughs> I really do. Like, yeah. not, a, not even like really in a bad way. I yeah. just kind of view that as like, well, that's, again, how you get good at something. How do you get good at business? Yeah. I mean, you suck at it. For a while, yeah, <laughs> and you learn, yeah, and then you get better. Hopefully, you know. When do you get when? Like, when do I start getting better at business? <laughs> I guess when people tell you you're doing a good job, I don't really yeah. know. <laughs> You'll never feel like you're doing good. Yeah, right. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but but like you're saying that like you kind of do one thing and then realize this isn't working or this isn't the thing. Let's tweak, 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 tweak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just pivoting. So the shop, uh, our local shop, it was you know, pretty apparent after a couple of years that we loved doing it and people liked it, but it wasn't a financial success. Yeah. It was okay, but it, there was something else in our business that was working much better. Yeah. And that was blogging. And yeah. we were, this was in the early days, so there weren't really hardly sponsored posts. There weren't, oh. like, influencer wasn't a thing at all. People, so, brands weren't like, this person has a following, let's work with them. Yeah. yeah. Not, not like real companies, like yeah. big businesses, but like, smaller people who couldn't afford big ads or like you know big campaign things right they needed to advertise and they didn't necessarily want to go the google ad uh-huh route because it didn't always work that well for them so those are the people we tried to connect with like one-on-one yeah. and sell them ad space on our site and that's yeah. really how we monetized a beautiful mess in the beginning really mm-hmm. that's so interesting because we just kind of Accepted as a thing now. Yeah. But you're saying there was, you guys were around when it wasn't a thing 
and we're trying to. Yeah. We're there. Like for a lot of us will get criticism or whatever, and it's totally fine if people want to share their opinion and criticize. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But I'll be like, I can't believe you always just work with these big businesses, and I'm like, you understand, man. <laughs> It took me 10 years to get right. to a place where, one, our work is good enough to work with large companies, but two, large companies finally recognize that this is valuable work. Yeah. Just because it takes a long time to get through layers in organizations that big, you know? And right. I'm like, so I'm like, you can criticize if you want. I think there's some fair reasons to criticize large companies. Yeah. But also, I'm really proud. I'm not going to take it away from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go back to, why would I go backwards? Well, we, we still work with, we do sometimes do some free things. Or yeah. Dis, you know, like, you know, you, you yeah. have companies that you love and you're just like, ah, well, we'll just make this work. It's not a big deal. But Right. But yeah, I'm like, I think it's really cool that people in our space are finally getting paid like they have a job since they spend well more than 40 hours a week creating the content that you enjoy. And I don't mean yeah. that to be like snide towards people who don't get it. I don't really expect people to get it. If yeah. you've ever done it, you don't get it, and that's fine. Right. But I'm just saying it takes a lot of time to make all this free content that you're consuming. Right. Wouldn't it be cool if some of those people got paid? I'm one of the people now who does get paid, yeah. and it's nice because I can afford a life. And like yeah. everyone who works at a beautiful mess has health care and yeah. have a retirement plan. And I think that's pretty rad. Super red, yeah. As another, as a smaller business owner, I'm like, wait, what? Say that, say that again. Yeah. Healthcare. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we didn't have that at first. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. Yeah. We just uh, never quit. So here we are. The grandmas are blogging, and we got healthcare. <laughs> we got retirement plans. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you do with all your red velvet inventory? Just slowly we sell it? had an estate sale. Oh, you did? At the very end, yep. It was like a week long. I actually worked with um, Karen from Funtiques. Yeah. I'm going to call. <coughs> Sorry. And she helped us facilitate an estate sale because I'd never run anything like that before. Yeah. And I just knew we needed to liquidate as much as we could. Yeah. So it I was think. actually really fun, but a very strange. It was like having a giant garage sale for a week. Right. You know, so it was... Pretty chaotic and fun. I just remember all the old, like, vintage radios you guys had. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, look at those. those I think cool. uh, Chris Slater bought a lot of stuff from us, and it's in the Albatross yeah. now. Oh, is and it? And it looks really good over there. Yeah, it's like a good spot a cool for it. style, and yeah. Huh. How, <laughs> as I'm also, I'm interested in Red Velvet. We won't talk about that too long, but like. It's still the name of our LLC. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Everyone who gets a paycheck on our staff, it's Red Velvet oh, yeah. Art LLC. <laughs> How did you get all the inventory for stuff? For the shop? Yeah. There w- so that's why she moved. So her original store on the corner was much smaller. Uh-huh. And pretty much everything in there she had bought or made, like yeah. herself, basically. And it was a pretty small shop. And then the gal across the street, um, Debbie, she <clears> owned <throat> the style. Mm-hmm. And she was wanting to retire. So she was looking to sell basically all of her inventory to one person. She yeah. didn't really want to go the route of the estate sale thing. Yeah. So she sold it all to us. Yeah. And she retired. Oh, my gosh. And that's how we got <laughs> all go. of that inventory. So we took all our stuff and her stuff, and we also yeah. moved into her space and took over that lease. Yeah. So so then, so far, we've got Elsie having a scrapbooking blog that kind of goes away, but then she starts selling her art, which turns into like a small brick-and-mortar store, which turns into a bigger store. Yeah. And then... Um, 
And then we're like, forget it. We're just going to be on the internet only. Was that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. it was a lot of headache. Yeah. It was a lot of basically what it felt like towards the end. Because we always loved the shop. And still sometimes we talk about, we're like, wasn't it fun working in the shop? Having like, a place. Because like our grandpa owned a furniture store, Chapman's uh, Furniture in Buffalo. And we grew up like being in a store or something. Yeah. I don't know. Just the idea of like owning a local store yeah. is very romantic, I right. guess, or whatever. So anyway, we, we loved that. But it was really obvious that we were making a lot more for monetizing our blog. And we would have to be in the shop certain hours because we were open. And if we, you know, it's kind of rude to customers. We're like, these are our open hours. You're like, never there. But it was like we really needed to be making content because Uh a blog like ours, it has new content every single day. Yeah. Or most days at least. So that's a lot of things to make, write, photograph, and whatever. So... We kind of felt like at a certain point we couldn't keep the shop open and blog as much as we yeah. wanted. So we had to pick one, and it, it was, was clear. There was a clear financial winner. Right. So that's yeah. pretty much why we're bloggers. <laughs> yeah. You ever thought about getting a really small space just to have a place to go to? Like for an office or for, or for a store? Yeah. Well, sometimes we think about it. I mean, we have like a small product line now that's like about natural living and other little things mm-hmm. called Be Fresh. And sometimes we've thought about it, but I think we still kind of know it wouldn't make as much money as blogging. Right. So, and now it's even a higher stakes thing for us because, and I love blogging, but yeah. we do have a staff and right. they have families. And this is how, this is one of the ways they provide for their lives and their families. And like, it, that matters to us a great deal. Yeah. So if we were going to pull the reins on blogging, that would be a major concern. It's yeah. like, well, we need to financially know what we're, what's happening with our staff, you know? Right. And you probably can't then just kind of on a whim be like, this would be fun. Yeah. I mean, we do that still a little yeah. bit, but when we do it, we do it with, you know, we gamble with house money only. Right. <laughs> because, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. And most of our, what we're trying to do is build a more and more and more solid foundation. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like in personal finance. Once you have your savings account, then you're like, all right, now it's time for me to start investing. Yeah. You know, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. you just keep going to try to create a really stable environment. It's time for the mid-show sponsor break. This episode is also brought to you by the E-Factory. It works with entrepreneurs, business leaders, startups, and creators to help make Springfield, Missouri the best place in America to start a business. So whether your company is still just a dream or you're in the thick of starting and growing your venture, or you're interested in meeting the people behind Springfield's amazing small businesses, the E-Factory is where you want to be. When you're ready to make something, they're ready to help. Have you ever been there? It's very cool. The building's cool. It doesn't have any windows. Because it used to be like this turkey plant. It's going to say a turkey factory, but you don't really make turkeys there. Anyway, it's very cool, and I'm just happy that it exists It's also brought to you by A Place I'm Happy Exists, The Coffee Ethic. Coffee Ethic has always lived by the simple principle of cup, people, earth. Dedicated to the art and science of brewing, The Coffee Ethic simply knows how to create a great cup of coffee. Now offering a subscription service. This is very cool. You can get their coffee shop coffee delivered right to your door each month. Learn more at thecoffeeethic.com and type in the promo code MAKESOMETHING at checkout for 15% off a delicious coffee subscription. Now let's get back to my conversation with Emma. So so then you're going full-time blogging. All of a sudden, there's no store to go to anymore. 
are you working out of your house? Do you have another place? Yeah, at first we worked out of our houses, and we would all kind of congregate at Elsie's house. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't show up until around 10 a.m. because of schedules. Yeah. People sleeping in and right. such. So, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was kind of like we'd start our work day at our house, me and Trey. Because at that time, by then, Trey worked for us. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Trey's also, your husband. Trey's my husband. Yes. And then also we had one writer, Laura Gummerman, mm-hmm. who started working for us in the time that we worked out of Elsie's house. And we would just work out of her dining room, living room, yeah. wherever. Yeah. So are there, like, in these times, because you're very chill, do you, in these times where you're switching, are you scared? Is this going to work? Or are you just like, well, it's the next thing. It's, it makes sense. Yeah, we have what I would consider tears of fear yeah. in our business. Elsie is top tier, never worried. Really? Everything's going to work out. She's gonna, She's like an Enneagram 7, you know. She's yeah. like, everything's cool, everything's going to work out. I got a lot of ideas, everything's great. Yeah. And I'm kind of like in the middle, you know. I'm like, ah, we got to be careful. But, uh-huh. you know, I'm pretty optimistic. I think yeah. things are going to work out. And then we have Trey, who's like, I don't know, nothing's going to work out. <laughs> But he's still there, so obviously he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's very, like, conservative. I always thought I was, like, conservative, like, concerned. Just in in comparison to Elsie. Yeah, Yeah. in comparison to Elsie. And now I'm like, nah, like, I didn't realize people were much more concerned. (laughs) I'm, like, a believer. I'm, like, a dreamer, you know. Yeah, right. Which I never really viewed myself that way. But I go, oh, okay, cool. So we got tears of fear. They're all good. Like, right. thankfully, Probably we're not important. all Elsie or all Trey or all Or me. if it was flipped, maybe it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. If the, if the top person was like, oh, no. I mean, I wouldn't have tried most of the things I've tried in my life if I didn't have some level of optimism. But I also yeah. think it probably wouldn't have worked out. I wouldn't have made it yeah. to a financially successful place if I didn't have a certain level of, we need to be careful, you know? Yeah, right. And I think all the people in my life balance that out, too, not just myself. But, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a good team. We got the right amount of fear on the team. <laughs> it's a good, uh, I don't know, not quite inspirational, inspirational phrase. Yeah. Have the right amount of fear. Well, maybe the, the tip for people is like, if you don't have any fear, maybe work with someone who has some. And if yeah. you have a lot of fear, maybe find one who has none. Yeah. Because maybe you need there a you little go. more balance or you're not going to try enough or you're yeah. not going to, you know, buckle down and find enough things that work because you're, yeah. you know. That's too funny. excited or whatever. Or for me, I find them all within myself. Where on Monday, I'm like, this is the best. It's all going to work. Tuesday, I'm like, what am I doing? This is never going to work. Wednesday, I'm like, boy, this is fun. I'm glad I'm doing this. <laughs> Thursday, it changes. Um, okay, so so then you're at Elsie's house. But then you guys buy a house at some point? Yes, we bought a house um, on Jefferson. And... The goal with it was basically to make over the house because mm-hmm. a lot of our best content at the time was home renovation. Yeah. And we had just come out or we were about to come out with a book. It was our second book and it was about home design. Yeah. So we had used, we both had a house. Elsie had a house, I had a house. We had used our houses as most of the content for the book. So we couldn't mm-hmm. use all of that for the blog because right. why would you buy the book if it was all on the blog? So we were like, we need another space, and maybe it would be good if we worked somewhere other than Elsie's house, because yeah. then we could work late, and we're not, like, cutting into her family yeah. life <laughs> yeah. if yeah. someone wanted to. Right. So we're like, oh, we'll do that. So we bought a house on Jefferson and 
we renovated it and worked out of it for like, I think two years, I want to say. Something and do like people like, are there people that don't have any understanding of what you do? Where it's like, yes, we have, we're based, our base business is a blog and we have incomes and staff and all this stuff. Does people sometimes have a hard time comprehending that? Because I can imagine people being like, oh, it's a blogger. I know what a blogger is. My cousin blogs. He's got a blog. He puts it up once a week yeah. and we look at it. I think this is another benefit of the rise of influencers. Yeah. Is I have to explain my job a lot less in the last, like, especially three years, I'd say. Yeah. Whereas about five to seven years ago, there is no hope. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you didn't already know it. Especially people over a certain age, yeah. there's absolutely no hope. I just kind of would say I'm an author because I had books. Yeah. Or I would say something. Yeah. One part of what we did. Right. I'm a small business owner. Yeah, or whatever. Like, I just try to keep it, because it, it is a lot to explain, and it is uh-huh. confusing. If you don't have any, like, understand, base level understanding of it. Yeah, if you don't understand just generally that you could make money by putting content on the internet, if that seems like a foreign idea to you, yeah. I have no hope of yeah. explaining my job to you. <laughs> but if you at least understand that, which I feel like <clears throat> most people do now, they're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I follow someone on Instagram uh-huh. who I could tell they were getting paid to talk about something. Yes. So now I understand like that, you know, and it's like, yes, that's one thing. Yes. Yeah. We do that. We also do a lot of other things, but that right there is a good place to start. Is it interesting then that you guys got in early? Like do people, do younger influencers look at you guys as like pioneers? I don't know. You'd have yeah. to ask under uh, younger influencers, but yeah, probably sometimes based right. on a few things people have said to me, which have been really kind. Yeah. But also, it is, you know, grandmas of the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like... Well, I remember when we oh, first yeah, started hanging out with you guys and guys know you guys that I was I was still kind of, like, confounded by it. Like, I was like, I get it. I don't quite understand. I don't know. I can't explain it very well. Just like... Um, I don't know. Just kind of what you're saying. I've kind of evolved in that way, too, where it's like... Just an understanding of how... I guess maybe understanding how it works, maybe business-wise, we all have a better understanding of it. Well, you kind of do it now. So yeah, I mean, you I, understand, I do like, yeah. And you understand probably more like making your money from a number of different places. Because right. I think when you come from a world where you've had one job or your parents had one job, uh-huh. and maybe they did something else in the summer, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's just, it doesn't totally make a lot of sense. But, you know, once you own a business, especially a weird one like yours or mine, uh-huh. then you really understand like, oh yeah, it's more about finding, you know, two to five things that work really well and then trying something new every year and yeah. finding finding your groove or whatever. Yeah, totally. Um, and I remember, do you guys ever run into this? Because I also remember thinking like when you guys got that office and stuff, like kind of like what you're saying, like, oh, how do you not run out of spaces to work on? Not not to work yeah. in, but to work on, where you guys are remodeling things. Like, do you have to be like, well, I've already done this room once, I can't do it again, or do you Sometimes. have like rules, kind of? Kind, we don't really have rules, but we do. Well, so one, if it's like something in my personal home or someone's personal home mm-hmm. on the team, then there is a certain level of 
I'm really happy with my room right now and yeah. I don't really want to change anything. Yeah. Or like I'm going to tick off my partner if I rip up something in our house without really yeah. discussing it with them. So, you know, there's an element of that, which that's just like real life, obviously. Yeah, right. But then we also try to think from our readers' point of view, which we've been listening to our readers now for 10 years. Uh-huh. So we have a pretty, I mean, they, they're still surprising. Yeah. But we have a pretty good sense of what they're going to think is interesting, what they're going to click on, and what they're not going to like. Yeah. A fairly good sense of that. Yeah. And we try to build our business around that but also taking into consideration what we like, right? Right. So it's finding that balance. And so if we've already done a space a couple times, I mean, I don't find that super interesting to read about redoing that same space again. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, probably our readers won't. So it's not really that it's a rule. It's just more like, is this good content? For real, is this good content? Yeah. And if it's not, then it's like, well, why are we writing it then? Let's write good content. Yeah, and you have to like balance that with brands because I found that for myself where um, I'm like, yes, this totally works for this brand. I'm not that proud of it though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a balance I imagine for you. You do it a lot more than I do. The to me, the most heartbreaking ones are when you love a brand and you love something you made, and then the readers didn't like it. Yeah, and then you know, like. We probably aren't going to get to do more of this because it wasn't great for our site and it wasn't great for the yeah. sponsor for the brand. But man, I loved it, you right. know. And sometimes, usually for us, that's like the wacky ones. And yeah. I think that's it though, because readers feel like this is coming out of left field and we don't really like it. And I'm like, but we've loved this thing forever. I wish you <laughs> did, but you know they don't. That's okay. We yeah. tried. No big deal. But those are the most heartbreaking ones to be. Yeah. It's like, uh, and you know, it didn't do well for the brand because. The readers yeah. didn't like it, and they obviously want to get a lot of exposure. They've spent money on this piece of yeah. content. So those ones are always the like really sad ones to me. But but yeah, there are pieces of content I'm more proud of and some that I'm less proud of. Yeah. And some of them are sponsored and some of them aren't. Yeah. And yeah, that's sort of the nature of creating. I mean, if you wrote 100 songs in your lifetime through a songwriter, I bet you, some of them are hits and some of them are meh. Right. <laughs> totally. So. Totally. And you might like the meh one more. You might. Or you might have got paid a lot more for one of the meh ones. And True. the hit was something you didn't even get paid for. Yeah. You never know. Like, it's just yeah. random. Yeah. But you just keep going and creating and try to make the best stuff you can each time. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes it sucks. And Here's the most interesting thing to me, I think, about you guys. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> I'm going to okay. tell you about you. I'm a creative person, but I can't fathom how you guys do it so consistently like I know you have like more of a team now but maybe maybe I'm talking about more of the earlier days where it's like there's a new post every day I I've thought of a new craft to do or I've thought of a new way to do a recipe and I'm able to (laughs) not run the well dry of creative ideas do you have a secret to that well do people ever ask you that yeah, sometimes, but not in... I admire the amount of creativity you guys have. I So one, I could not write a joke every day or like mm-hmm. as many jokes as you have to write and perform. And mm-hmm. I couldn't do that because mm-hmm. I don't do it. Right. I don't write jokes, really. Maybe I say something funny once in a while yeah, yeah. because I lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, like I don't do that. But you probably feel like, oh, there's an infinite number of jokes. 
Whereas yeah. I feel like, oh no, there's got to be like 50 good jokes in your life, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're like not an infinite number of jokes, and I think it's probably like a, it's like a muscle or something. Yeah, you know, because the funny thing to us is, so we, for years we would ha- we had three posts a day, and then we went down to two posts a day, and in the last like three months or so we've gone down to one post a day. Yeah. Which is still sometimes like a very long post that took uh-huh. a long time to make. Right. But we just have one post a day, which is still kind of a lot for how small of a team we are. Um, and what we're finding though is I don't even get to make all the stuff that I want. Really? To put on the site. Like I have things yeah. on my list every month that I'm like, well, we're full this month, so I guess I'll do that one later. Yeah. Or maybe I won't get it to do it. Yeah. Or I do it for fun, obviously, but... Yeah. No need to photograph it because I don't have space to put it on the blog. Right. But it's like we've been making stuff for 10 years. You know, if you were writing jokes for 10 years, you probably yeah. have more than enough jokes. You know what I mean? Like right. It's just like a muscle that you work out and eventually it starts to momentum. I don't know. Yeah. And the other aspect to you guys is to have like all of us creative people admire people like you guys for, which is... Um, yeah, okay, I feel pretty good. I got the creative thing down. But you turned it into a business. And so it had to take, like, logistics and planning. Like, when you're, I don't know how you take, take like, bursting with creativity into a schedule and a plan for, like, posts and that sort of stuff. Do you have, like, ways you do that? Yeah, so I do think, again, we kind of have we have our tiers of fear and we have mm. our tiers of organization. Yeah. <laughs> so like Elsie is, I would, I would say the most creative person on the yeah, team. She's just she has like the pure most creativity. Ideas. Yeah. She's just like, I have 50 blog posts I'm going to write today. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, you're not going to make it because yeah. you don't have enough time and you haven't thought about how there's only 24 hours in a day, right. you know? <laughs> right. So she's like, you know, top level creativity and I'm the next level where I'm mm-hmm. like, I have a lot of ideas but I like to kind of plan them and have a schedule. Like yesterday, I came up with the rest of my ideas through December because the wow. holidays tend to get really, really busy. Mm-hmm. And there'll be things added, like if we have a random yeah. sponsor pop up, that will change things around yeah. or whatever. But I have like a list that's like I'm doing these things in October, these things in November, these yeah. things in December wow. because I don't want to miss out on, you know, like I have a what I think is a really great Christmas ornament idea. Uh-huh. And I don't want to miss out on making that, so i got to get started in October. Yeah. That's like how mine mind works yeah. for creativity, and other people are just like different levels of it. Yeah. So again, I think it's a thing where it's like you should just work with someone who fills in the gaps for you. I like yeah. to work with someone like Elsie who pushes me to dream bigger and yeah. do more. And I think, well, I'm speaking for her, but I would like to think she likes to work with someone like me who helps tie her down to earth a little bit and right. get the things that she's wanting to make on the schedule so that yeah. they get put out into the world. Yeah. So it's just finding that balance between creativity and business and schedules and making stuff but having a budget and, you know, right. all those boring parts of it, but that make it real. Yeah. So they're you know, things you have to do because if you want to actually create, you have to go to the store and buy paint, right? Right. Even if you don't want to go to the yeah. store, you got to. So. You have to. Yeah. Someone has to. Yeah, someone. Okay, so then you're kind of <clears throat> growing from there, and then you guys decide to get into the app world, which seems like a perfect fit with kind of Instagram following and Instagram growing kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, was the first one the party party? 
The first one was called A Beautiful Mess. Okay. Because we didn't know we would do more apps. Yeah. Hindsight should have named it something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oops. But yeah, the first one was called A Beautiful Mess. And we're not, for people who are on the internet, we're not that tech savvy. Yeah. Like, we like to make things with, like, glue sticks and yarn. Right. We're, <laughs> Keep in we're, mind, those are our roots. That's those really what we do. We're just putting it on the internet because yeah. it's an opportunity for us, right? So we're not really super tech savvy. So the thought of doing an app at first was pretty intimidating. Like it, yeah. I think I had downloaded two or three apps before we built our own. Yeah. Like I did, you know, like, you know, and I'm really glad I was so ignorant on the subject because yeah. we wouldn't have done it because it's, really? it's way too intimidating. Yeah. Like now that I know how much money and work and uh-huh. just like, I think kind of like development genius uh, not me, because I'm not a developer. Right. Like, how much how do people have, imagine- have to know. Yeah. The imagination for it. I don't think we, I would have been like, no, we can't enter that field if yeah. I knew everything I know now. Yeah. So thank God I didn't. And I was like, yeah, yeah I think we could do that. Why totally. not? <laughs> so, totally. But yeah, people were asking Elsie how she was creating a certain look on her Instagram. People kept asking her. And she was doing it through uh, handwriting on a tablet in Photoshop, emailing the photo to herself. Like it was a whole long wow. process. She would tell people exactly how she did it. Yeah. But pretty much we got the sense people were like, oh no, we're not gonna do that. It's way too hard. Yeah. You know, but people would often ask, like, what app are you using to do that? And so we uh-huh. were like, oh, we should make it an app. And then we can say our app and people will download it. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Because most of most business ideas come from your audience asking you for something. Right. They have some kind of problem big or small and you guys give feedback in analytics right away or like views clicks and and you get to hear people like with a comment say yeah like, you ever thought about this that's yeah. awesome so we we built our first app off of people commenting yeah and um now we've had i think five apps we're building another one right now you had five i think I so beautiful mess party party there's one other one i still there. use party parties you want to use it still no, we don't support it anymore. So heads yeah. up, Dang. don't update your phone too much. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. We like it too. We just we, our mistake on that one was because you know when you start something new, you suck at it. Yeah. So every one of our apps to me is like that one sucked for these reasons. That one sucked uh-huh. for these reasons. We got better each time. Yeah. And our mistake on Party Party was our plan to monetize it was not good because it uh, was you buy it once and then you have it forever, which is great for. But that's what we do anymore. Yeah, well, it just makes it where, what about when someone who bought it gets a new phone and it has a new operating system? We still have to update our app to make sure that it functions. Uh-huh. But we still have just the one-time purchase that you spent, and now we have to maintain it forever. And that wasn't uh, so smart of us. Is that why app? I mean, apps generally have gone away from that, it seems like. Where it's like, here's the free version, and here are upgrade packages. Yeah. I what think you guys you do, right? Ads in your, we've, that's one thing we've never done in an app is have ads. Yeah. We just haven't tried that yet. I don't know if we will. We haven't had the... I think certain apps work better for that than others. And we right. just haven't had one that I felt like that seemed right. appropriate or, I don't know. I always right get the fit. free version of apps so they get the ads that pop up. I'm like, yeah. Can I hit the X? I have them right all in my games. And I'm like, no, I don't want extra diamonds. Oh, but I kind of do. <laughs> oh, if I watch this video for 30 seconds, I get extra diamonds. You know? like, <laughs> it's like that it's working of, on me. <laughs> I guess I'll watch this ad. Dang it. But yeah. So we haven't had a, an app that has that kind of monetizing yet. But. Yeah, but Color Story is one that really took off, right? Yes, Color Story is our most successful one. It, it's its own business, Drew yeah. runs it, my husband. 
um, and it's easily our most financially successful. And I think our our most, I mean, that's an easy way to measure a business's money. Yeah. I also think it's the thing that people use the most, have found the most value from, and it's the best built. Like it's just it's a it's its own thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're really, really proud of a color story. It's still going. We have new tools adding every month. Like, yeah. it's pretty awesome. So It's like, there are some apps where you can tell, like, okay, this is a business that decided to make an app, and they're kind of doing it. But, like, color story is, like, so clearly, like, this is an app app. We're legit. We're this is a business. We filed our paperwork before it launched. We were <laughs> believing in this. Yeah. 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 And then, um, you have another one you're developing? Can you talk about that yet or not? Probably not. Uh, so it is with, so we have a second app company we launched this year called Film with two okay. M's and there are three founders of that, me, Elsie, and another gal, Zoe, and she's uh-huh. a YouTuber. So okay. another influencer that we all like to sneer at. Yeah. But she is interesting to me because she's a lot like us in that she's been a YouTuber for a long, long time. Like I think 10 years or something. Yeah. She's a little younger than us. I want to say she's 29, maybe 30. I think she's 29. But um, she's also way more famous than us. Like she's yeah. a very large influencer. <laughs> yeah. So, and she's just really, she uses her platform for positivity, which yeah. is really important to me. Right. Because I think there's some very interesting platforms doing some cool stuff that's not about that, but it's still cool. But I really am geared towards or interested in when influencers are like, I not only want to make a living, I not only want to make cool stuff and show you cool stuff, I want to help you live a slightly better life by something yeah. I do which it doesn't have to, it's not that sounds like so whatever it's not like a big profound thing I just think it's using what you have in life to make the world slightly better in whatever right. way you can it doesn't and I really like that she admirable. does that for sure yeah. so anyway she's our co-founder so there's three founders of film and we thought creating a video app with a YouTuber made Makes a lot of sense. sense yeah so and she's been great she comes up with a lot of the ideas and looks she has her whole team too she has a team that she works with like we do okay and um yeah she promotes it like every single day yeah her instagram story she's like really on it so anyway we're building another app that has somewhat to do with video yeah but it's also geared towards social media and we're building it with our company film with zoe that's cool but i won't say what else it is but it'll be out fairly soon yeah i like that um okay so tell me about so, you know, like the internet takes us to different extremes. Like, kind of, you're just talking about, like, what's nice about her is she does what she does and tries to make the world a little better. And, but the internet is also this space where we we're just talking about a movie trailer and people are like, it sucks, I hate it. It's like, it's also this place for that or like these extreme opinions without any, without any um, sense of like, well, there's someone that might be reading this. Or that the person who made this, you know what? They're just an earnest person trying their best. Why are we being so horrible to them? Is that, do you have to uh, receive both sides of that? Like having a blog? Or do you, are you able to tune out the bad stuff? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so one, I think more than anything else, I have to watch it happen to my sister, Elsie. She's yeah. a little bit more famous than I am yeah. in the internet world, which I am fine with. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I have to watch it happen to her more than yeah. it happens to me. And that, in some ways, is maybe, I don't know if it's more painful. I guess she'd be able to yeah. tell that level of pain. But 
that that sucks to see yeah. people attack your family. So right. So that. Um, but I also think like you develop, you know, a thicker skin, or yeah. you realize like the people that matter to you in life, and that they're like, you know, if Trey told me something I made on the blog sucked, I that would hurt a lot more uh-huh. than if some random person yeah. says it sucks. Like I don't know. Like yeah. like okay, well you're wrong. Like <laughs> and I don't know you, so who you're cares? a dummy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I also think I noticed speaking of that movie trailer we were talking about earlier, um, you know, a lot of people have been saying it sucks. But I kind of noticed, too, I was, like, looking at it again this morning, and a lot of the people I follow were like, I know people aren't into this, but I don't know. It looks interesting. Yeah. And I was like, that's kind of interesting to me. I was like, I think a lot of people who do put themselves out there and, like, have created um, something, whatever it is, a yeah. blog, an influencer thing, whatever, yeah. you put your work out there and pe- allow people to criticize you or not, I think they tend to be a little more ready to be like, we're just going to see how this goes. We're not really interested in tearing someone down who made something. Yeah. And because I do think like if you've never done it, you don't know how painful it is to work on something for months and months and months, something that you were so excited about. And then people shit on it. Yeah. You're like, here's my heart. Yeah. And even, you know, sometimes things do suck. And yeah, it's okay to say that. It's not like you should never criticize something. I don't want that to be the message. Yeah. It's fine to be like, I didn't care for this book or this right. movie or this band. Like, that's fine. But I also think, like, having a level of understanding of, like, no, for real, like, their mom's on the internet. She is <laughs> reading yes. this. So yeah. just think about that. Just like, if you were over at someone's house, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. maybe, like, think about being a human also when you're online as opposed to just being in the grocery store. Like, because it's all we're also be a human online. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And maybe what you're saying it sounds like is like um, that building something, creating something inherently the the process of creating something and then putting it out there and what that takes inherently builds some empathy in you towards other people who are doing the same thing. I kind of think so. I mean yeah. it's just sort of a it's theory. Cool. But I sort of think so because then you understand like oh, I didn't have an infinite amount of time or an infinite budget to create this thing. And I made the very best thing I could. Yeah. Maybe other people are doing that too. <laughs> wow. So maybe yeah. I should just like give it a chance. Or if I don't like it, okay. But like I don't have to be a total dick about it. I can right. just say, eh, not for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Why can't we just say like, yeah, I didn't really like it that much. It's, it's yeah. not for me. Why can't you just, why can't that be the extreme edge of what we say it's and not for the right, I do think like if you want to make a really solid joke about something I think that's honestly <laughs> fine because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like if someone like made a really good joke about bloggers to me I love it because I yeah. feel seen <laughs> I'm like oh you actually see what I'm doing but yeah. if someone just says you're stupid and I can't believe you make money on the internet then I'm like nah, yeah. I don't care what you think man like, yeah, yeah that was just you didn't even really see me <laughs> like, and it wasn't get- funny so yeah. you're just kind of being a jerk, you know? You Those get, are different things. I get sometimes the, well, like when someone makes a, I don't know, like some sort of YouTube comment or something that's like, uh, just something like, this effing sucks, you know, or whatever, or says something, all caps or exclamation point, about, about the show or about me or something. I'm like, haha, that's awesome. I kind of love it. When someone says something very critical, but they come across as an extremely reasonable person, I'm like, oh, that one hurts. Oh, no. 
Nokia's this person is in a complete whack job. Yeah. They're like, I, w- I don't care if the whack jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there That's is like true. a maturity, I'm sure you probably developed more than me in that way of like, oh, I should be like, whatever. It's the people around me. I very much just not care at all. Well, and it's also like, probably with that, there is like a, I think it's good to have a sense of humor about yourself. Yeah. So, you know, like, well, like yeah. Instagram husband, right. which you so kindly let me help with the very first mm-hmm. thing you made from it. But I thought that concept was hilarious yeah. because, and it is kind of making fun in a way, but yeah. it's, it's, I don't know another way to say it. I already said this, but it made me feel a little bit seen. Yeah, yeah. Where you're making fun of something, yes, but it's also like, I don't know, just not like, oh, stupid just girls bashing. on the internet wearing yeah. dresses, getting paid money. It's like, that's not interesting or funny. Didn't right. nail it. But yours, I was like, nailed it because that's funny. <laughs> and yeah, it is in a way critical, but it's it's more just like having a sense of humor about something. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fun. Like, that's always yeah. fun, and I like that on the internet. And I think, like, sometimes people are doing that, and that's cool. But I think when it's just, like, basically you're mad that someone's finding a way to make a living or finding a way to get their work discovered, I'm like, you suck. Like, you should maybe think about your intentions. Because if you right. don't like someone's work, that's fine. Yeah. Don't look at it. Duh. You know, like, don't buy something you don't like. You don't Go have see to. a movie you don't want to see. Don't Duh. see it. Yeah, and well, stop making them if no one goes. You also don't have to like, vocalize it, and you don't have to vocalize it to the person. If you're going to vocalize so many steps. it, please be very funny. And if you feel like yes. you can't, <laughs> shut up. But if you can, go for it. Yeah, if you can, then okay, because I might want to read that, because that's funny. That's hilarious. All right, I think we're good. Cool. All right, that's Emma Chapman. How about that? I like how what she says, everything is BS until it's not. She told me that when I interviewed her a few weeks ago, and I think about it a lot now. It's a good lesson for all of us as things evolve and change. You don't want to be the old guy who thinks all new things are stupid. I don't understand that. It's stupid. If you'd like to learn more about A Beautiful Mess, visit abeautifulmess.com. Make something where you are as audio engineer is Colton Jackson. Also, podcast music provided by Darren King. This is Jeff Houghton in the Make Something City, Springfield, Missouri, reminding you, you can make something where you are.